Hello, and welcome to today's episode of Doing Good, where we celebrate those who are doing good. My name is Megan, and I'm your host for this episode of the podcast. Doing Good is a 501c3 nonprofit which shares the stories of volunteers who are out there already making a difference. We highlight them to thank them and give them a well-deserved recognition and also give their agencies visibility with you, the listeners. Doing Good is a nonprofit, so if you'd like to visit the website, get involved, or even donate, please visit www.doinggood.tv. Today's episode is part of a new season of this podcast. The main difference is we now have an educational segment when we ask the guest to inform you and me about his or her passion. After all, our thoughts and understandings about each cause are probably slightly different. Yet, we probably think that the other person sees exactly what we see or knows what we already know. So this segment, this question, really gives us an opportunity to have the same common understanding and resources. Now, to really begin the interview, Leah, would you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and who you are? My name is Leah Marcus, and uh, I am a graduate student studying education policy at Vanderbilt. I'm also a teacher. Um, I just graduated from Vanderbilt last year and studied elementary education, and I am actually dyslexic. Well, that certainly is interesting. Would you explain to us what is dyslexia and how does that apply to this conversation today? So dyslexia is actually a learning disability that's neurobiological in origin and impacts reading. That's a lot of really big words to essentially just say that dyslexia impacts the brain's ability to read. So it's a difference in the brain and it's actually genetic. That's rather interesting, actually. And so if it impacts how you read, then is it considered a learning disability? It does. So dyslexia is actually a difference in the brain that makes it more difficult to learn to read and to read. So it requires specialized instruction and it plays a really big part in your ability to learn. Now, with specialized instruction and lots of hard work, you can become a strong reader and you can become successful in school, but it definitely impacts um, your ability to learn how to read and to learn. Right, right, right. Uh, So tell us then, How do you volunteer? What brings you here today? So I am really passionate about supporting the organization Learning Matters. They are a nonprofit that serves students with dyslexia regardless of their ability to pay. Um, And I am really passionate about being dyslexic myself. It is what inspired me to be a teacher. And it is what drives me every single day. And I was searching for a nonprofit that supports other students with dyslexia and was really, really excited when I found Learning Matters. And um, for those who don't know, Learning Matters actually provides tutoring services, um, assessment services to diagnose students with dyslexia, and also advocacy services. Well, they'll sit in on um, your meetings that you have with your school to make sure that they are um, supporting students in the ways that they need. How interesting. So what do you do with them? How do you volunteer with Learning Matters? Um, So what I do with Learning Matters primarily ends up on the social media side, actually. Um, So I work with them to post information on their social media about dyslexia and other learning disabilities, as well on just generally learning. How do we read? How do we learn math? 
and just different ways of communicating with parents so that they can better support their child and be more informed on the different processes of learning how to read and of being successful in school. So you're talking about social media. It seems like that's something or a way that, uh, frankly, a lot of nonprofits could use help, not just those involved with dyslexia. So what do you do for them as a volunteer? Um, So I actually volunteer with them in creating the content to share on their social media, which is really, really exciting because I get to go in and talk to the experts in this area, the people who work at Learning Matters and bring in the knowledge I have as a teacher and as a dyslexic. Um, And I probably should have said this earlier in my introduction, but I am also um, getting certified in the um, reading methodology that's used to teach students with dyslexia. So we get to come together and create content that's really going to speak to parents so that they can support their students. And so many parents are dyslexics themselves, whether they know it or not, because it is genetic. So being able to create content that will speak to the students and help the parents better understand it. Interesting. Is that very common that it, that it runs in families? It is. It's very common that it runs in families. So my brother is dyslexic, as is my father. So I think we know where that came from in the family. (laughs) You could blame it all on him. That's awesome. (laughs) But it's also a really cool way for y'all to view the world. It gives you a whole new lens to to get to work with people, talk with people, and get to help. It absolutely does. And that's also not... The only thing that I do for Learning Matters, another way that I help support them that I'm so, so, so excited about is on September 30th, actually, of this year, they are hosting the Music City Run for Dyslexia. And I am the first one, but I'm really, really excited to get to support them in that too, not just on the social media side, but I've been working with them. I'm going to host my own team of runners. So yes, I will be making my dyslexic father and brother drive up from where they live in Atlanta to come run the Nashville Music City Run for Dyslexia. I love them. Um, and get to support them in promoting that. So fun. Family pressure, family or peer pressure that's friendly is so good. Oh, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> that's great. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of different nonprofits have an event like that. So, you know, it doesn't, it, it goes to show that frankly, you're doing all of this as a college student, you know, different people can do different things. And I'll say even if the person is working full time, or if the person is a young, like say teenager, that he or she is still able to make a difference that way. Absolutely. I definitely think something that can be really true in the world is being overwhelmed by how much there is to do out there, how much work there is to do to make the world a better place. And even though being a graduate student is incredibly busy. Finding the thing that I am passionate about and knowing that I am making my impact in that particular area has really honestly made a huge impact on my conscience and an understanding that there's a lot to be done in the world. But by choosing one issue and going really deep into it, I have found that to be incredibly impactful personally. Well, and you're talking about how it's been impactful How has it impacted you personally? Being dyslexic has changed my life. It meant that when I was a student, I was a struggling student when I was young. And it meant that oftentimes it would take that much more work in order to be successful. And when I was a child, I went to a school that absolutely changed my life. My teachers at that school changed my life. Learning Matters is doing that same work. 
I'm watching them change lives every single day so that another child can grow up and have the opportunity that their peers already have. Because literacy changes lives. Literacy is so connected to prison rates, to welfare rates, to to overall life success. And being dyslexic is so clearly correlated to literacy. So for me, I was seeking out an organization that would have that same impact that my school had on me when I was a child. And I have been absolutely blown away by being able to give back to an organization that is changing lives in that same way. What are a couple of resources that I'll say the general or average person like me might be able to go to or use for any reason? Maybe it's to assess whether a friend or family member has dyslexia, or maybe it's just general information. So understood.org is a fantastic first stop in terms of a resource. If you or a loved one might think that you are dyslexic or have a different learning disability, including ADHD, which is attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, they have a variety of resources, including sheets that will help you with signs and symptoms or even things all the way to so my student has a learning disability or they have dyslexia. How can I navigate the parent-teacher conference? So they have a variety of free resources. Um, In addition, if you are dyslexic or if you have a child who is dyslexic, you might want to check out your local chapter of the International Dyslexia Association. They have a variety of resources as well. You can become a member, but there is the resources tab on their page that will include a list of professionals. So if you're looking for a tutor, or if you are looking for diagnosis and assessment, they can um, give you a list as well. But stepping back and answering the question about, think I or someone I love might have dyslexia, what do I do? The test that you are going to want to look for is called a psychoeducational evaluation. They're really big, long word just to say, essentially, it is an evaluation that will look at anything that has to do with education and learning to see if you have any learning disability, including dyslexia. A great place to start would be asking your child's school or pediatrician for a referral and they can set you up. Is it fair to say that there might be other nonprofits around the country that are more locally based that provide similar services? Oh, absolutely. Checking that list under resources on the International Dyslexia Association should be able to help you identify those and find those in your area. Because they exist and dyslexia support can be very costly. So find out what the options are in your area to be able to get the resources because we are not the only local nonprofit that exists. Well, Leah, you obviously do quite a bit of work with uh, providing other people resources. Say through your social media research, you find them or maybe you share them in person. Can you give the can you give us some sort of story that you experienced of providing a resource to another and what resulted from that or what came of that? So as a teacher, I am involved in a large network of other teachers. Many of the people around me are. So a lot of them actually follow Learning Matters on social media and see a lot of the content that I create. And I have actually had a fellow teacher who had a couple of um, dyslexic ducklings, I would say, in her little first grade classroom come to me and say what she has learned about dyslexia through our page, which was so exciting to me of what she's learned about her students and how she can better support them. 
which was really exciting. And then she was also asking me if she had any recommendations that she could get for training for teachers because she saw the definition that we posted and some of the suggested strategies for um, multi-sensory learning, which is um, an aspect of the specialized instruction that students with dyslexia need. And I was able to refer her to where she could get some free dyslexia training so that she could support her students better. And I'll plug that here too. There's a very large international organization called Made by Dyslexia um, that offers free training virtually online. Um, It is funded by many wealthy dyslexic people, including Richard Branson of uh, Virgin Airlines. So the more you know. (laughs) I love it. I love it. You never know who has what behind the scenes, right? Um, But I think that speaks highly because it it speaks highly about the person, you know, that they don't let that issue define them, but it's part of them, right? And I think it's really cool that you're able to help so many people who th- is there's such a ripple effect through teaching, through providing resources out there to other people. Now, though, let's switch gears just a little bit. I want to know a little bit more about a time, if you can think of a time, when you're volunteering or maybe your research that came through as part of your volunteering really impacted you. Absolutely. Getting to work inside an organization that is so deeply connected to myself personally has helped me better understand myself in ways I did not expect. So I do a lot of research, obviously, before I put out posts on social media about dyslexia and how to support dyslexic students, whether you're a teacher or you're a parent. And I have learned quite a bit about myself along the way, even um, the little things like I had no idea that as a dyslexic adult, one of the symptoms can actually be pulling for a word and coming up with the wrong one, one that might sound similar or be similar in meaning. And it's just one of those little things that I said, oh my God, that's why I do that. (laughs) So I've learned new things about myself outside of just what it looks like to be the first grade student who couldn't read of what it means to be dyslexic and that it's so much more than that. Because dyslexia is also not correlated with intellect. It is entirely separate. Right. So to be able to learn what it looks like outside of just the context of needing extended time when I was a student is really, really interesting to me. What a growth opportunity, too. It sounds like the volunteering has really allowed you to learn and grow for yourself as well as doing the same for other people or enabling it to happen. And to be connected to a community of like-minded individuals Mm. who are equally passionate has really opened doors for me into resources that I would not have been able to have before. So I've been able to read books that I didn't know about before. I've been able to find those resources um, such as understood.org and the International Dyslexia Association that I didn't know existed before. And to be able to have a community of people to, to just be able to connect with and talk with about a pretty niche issue that can also be stigmatized has been really empowering. Oh, I How exciting. I love it. That's terrific. And the fact that it exists and that, frankly, you're sharing your story allows others to learn about this community and to be a part of it if they or maybe their loved ones are interested. That's actually one of the reasons I'm most excited about the Music City Run for Dyslexia. Yeah. That didn't exist when I was a kid. Oh, people didn't say dyslexia when I was a kid. It was seen, it was so stigmatized. And what I'm really excited about personally is being able to have dyslexic people be proud, bringing together the community and raising awareness. 
And that's one of the reasons why when Learning Matters said they were hosting this one, I was like, can I have a team? Can what, what can I do to support you? Because I think it is so incredible that other dyslexics can find their people and more of the world can better understand that it's not just flipping letters. It's not just seeing things backwards, but it is a difference in the brain. Thank you so much for this, Leah. As we start to wrap up your interview, are there any final thoughts, uh, last minute ideas or stories or suggestions that you'd like to share with the listeners today? Well, I would just like to say that whether you know it or not, you know somebody dyslexic. If you don't, then hi, I'm Leah. Now you've met me. But really, in your life, you must. Because one in five people are actually dyslexic. And that is supported by research at the Yale um, Dyslexia Center which is incredibly credible. One in five people are dyslexic, but 80% go undiagnosed. So it's worth the time to stop and think for a second of why dyslexia is important to consider why literacy matters and how literacy, especially as the nation continues to discuss the best methods for teaching our children reading, is so truly important. So if you at all think that you or a loved one might be dyslexic, it's worth checking it out. And it's also worth becoming involved in an organization near you that supports literacy, because I know it has been so incredibly meaningful, not just for me personally, because I'm dyslexic, but for the students who are impacted every single day by the work that's being done. And I have to say it's invisible. It is invisible. And that's the challenge with it, it seems to me. Like if like if a child had a broken arm at any age, that child would be taken to the hospital, to the ER immediately. And there would be no question about what's going on. It would just be taken care of. Whereas there seems to be so much denial or postponement that is involved that has potential ripple effects throughout life that I'll say this invisibility of it really um, makes it more challenging for others to be involved or to, to take action with. It absolutely can be. And dyslexia is so interesting because it can really impact your profile as a learner and it can make school really challenging. But that does not mean that you or your child is not capable of learning. It does not mean that they are not smart. They absolutely are. So making sure that we provide dyslexic students with the support that they need to succeed is absolutely incredibly important. And I'll say to parents too, if your student is not learning how to read, that's not necessarily your fault. Getting more books does not create a better reader. In the same way that giving a child more soccer balls does not create a stellar soccer player. Sometimes it's all about what is happening in their brain. What kind of reading instruction are they receiving? That is what can really make the difference. So take the moment to step back and think, and don't blame yourself just because your student isn't learning. Sometimes there's a lot more going on there than you might think. Because learning to read isn't a simple process. It really is complex. It's so difficult for the brain. Well, thank you, Leah, for making this potentially complex issue for so many of us just very realistic and understanding and relatable, really, um, and putting it into words that we can understand and, and putting it into stories that we understand and can relate to and enjoy or appreciate. And, um, and yeah, you've just been a joy today. And thank you so much for today, Leah. And thank you to today's listeners. I look forward to connecting with you in another podcast episode. In the meantime, we will see you online at Doing Good TV on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Instagram, or even our YouTube channel or LinkedIn profile. Until then, keep celebrating those who are doing good.